Can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me? Can you hear me now? Okay. Good morning, Overflow. I'm back. I don't know if y'all expected to see me up here again, but for those of you that don't know me, I am Marie. I usually am up here during praise and worship service, and that um, is what I really love to do. But God is so funny that uh, he decided to start calling me to speak. So uh, pray for me, because he definitely has a sense of humor. (laughs) But anyway, I'm here to wrap up the series that we've been in um, on prayer. Um, You know, I'm excited to be up here. It's always um, a pleasure to be before you. And it's like I haven't been here. I haven't seen my family in so long. So I just am excited to get this word out to you. Um, And not only that, I'm excited to be before the Lord our God speaking on his behalf. So if you remember me from last time that I spoke, I like to treat these moments like conversations, a chat, if you will. So, overflow, in the words of Joan Rivers, can we talk? Can we? Yeah, okay. Let us pray really quickly again before I go into the word. God, Son, and Holy Spirit, meet us in this space, whatever space we find ourselves in. Help us to learn more about who you are through this message. Help us to see your image and the image bearer we find in this story. Give us wisdom and gentleness with ourselves today. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so I'm going to be using my laptop, y'all. And all month long, we'll be talking about how we're going to beef our prayer lives up. And if you don't know it by now, people, prayer matters, doesn't it? It's our lifeline. And what's awesome about it is it's our personal connection to God. We don't need to go through any other means. All we have to do is say, hey, God, or hey, Father, or good morning, Daddy, or my personal favorite, we need to talk, God. We don't need a hotline or a special number to reach him. He made it this way to be simple. But what happens when your prayers turn sour? What happens when you pray and you pray and you pray, but life doesn't seem to be getting any better? What do you do when it feels like God isn't listening? Or if he is listening, he just doesn't care. Now, I know it's not very Christian sounding, and you may not want to admit feeling that way, But I think if we're honest, most of us have been there. Some point in our lives, and maybe some of us are there today, right now. Well, you know, let me tell you, my friend Hannah, she knows all about that. And if you're not familiar with my friend Hannah, she is the mother of the prophet Samuel. And we're going to talk about her story today. So let's get into it. Her story begins in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 9. And it reads, Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. 
Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. This is the word of God. Overflow family, I'm here to tell you this morning, when it comes to your prayer life, don't stop praying. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk today about silence and persistence in prayer. And Hannah's story can help us with this. So let me explain what we've just read or what I've just read. If you're not familiar with this story, or this passage of scripture, this is our introduction to the origins of the prophet Samuel. Here we meet Hannah. And to give you some background up to this point, Hannah is one of the wives of Elkanah, who is a descendant of the Ephraim tribe. And that's just one of the tribes of Israel. You know, there are 12. Hannah has a problem though, y'all. The word says that Hannah is barren. She can't have children. In fact, it says that God closed up her womb. She longs to have children, and this is the source of contention for her. And there are those who are constantly putting her down. In particular, Elkanah's other wife, Panina. Panina has several kids by Elkanah. But because Hannah has been unable to give Elkanah a child, Panina uses this to taunt Hannah every chance she gets. Of course, in that time, um, it was important that you could bear children um, because it meant that you were favored. You were looked down upon, maybe even ostracized, if you were unable to give birth to a child. So here we learn that every year Elkanah and his family go to Shiloh, where the tabernacle of God was kept, and they go there to worship and make sacrifices unto God. So when we get to verse number 11, Hannah has resolved in her mind that she was going to lay it all out on the table unto God. She goes alone. It says she gets up. And she goes alone, and the Bible says she pours out her heart. She asks God for what she wants, which is a son, and makes a promise to God that she would dedicate this child back to him. In the next few verses after that, we learn that Hannah's prayer was answered as God granted her an Elkanah son, whom she named Samuel. Samuel means heard of God. And in the end, because of her promise and her persistence, Samuel became a great prophet. Now, let's talk about persistence. Persistence is defined as a firm or obstinate continuance and a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. 
Its synonyms are tenacity, determination, diligence, tirelessness, endureness, endurance, I mean, steadfastness, drive, devotion, grit, continuance. It comes from the Latin verb persistir, which means to continue with strength. If something is persistent, it just won't stop. So when I'm thinking about persistence, I think about my kids. You know, our kids, when they want something, they just won't stop asking. They won't stop asking about that video game or that candy in the store. Or in my case, my youngest is super obsessed with Pokemon cards. So she has resolved in her mind that she's going to start making money so she can get it herself. And I love that she has this drive and this entrepreneurship within her to keep buying Pokemon cards. I wish it was something else. Or um, I'm old school. I'm a baby of the 80s. So another example of persistence that I think about is Looney Tunes. Anybody remember the Looney Tunes cartoon? It seems like the theme of the Looney Tunes cartoon was persistence because a lot of those cartoons involved someone trying to achieve a particular goal. I'm thinking about Wild E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Okay, so there's some kids in the audience here. Um, Wild E. Coyote (laughs) had determined in his mind that he was going to catch this beautiful bird. It's almost like a peacock, but I really don't know what it is. Some type of fluffy bird that runs up and down the road and is very, very fast. And uh, thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) Despite his best efforts, all his experiments, he would uh, buy all these uh, gadgets, and uh, despite being smart, he was unable to catch that road runner. Now, I know it's just a cartoon, and some of these scenes were unrealistic, but my point is that the coyote came back every single day to do the exact same thing. He used different methods every time, and he never gave up, y'all. I loved it as a child, no matter how outrageous the scenes were, because I wanted to see what he would do next. (laughs) And he didn't disappoint, y'all. But in the Bible, we have countless examples of folks who epitomize persistence, don't we? Remember Jacob, who wrestled with God? He was determined to get a blessing. And as a result of this persistence, he ended up with a permanent limp. And a whole nation was named after him as a result of that persistence. Or do y'all remember the woman with the issue of blood? She bled for 12 years, and no doctor could cure her. But the moment that she heard that Jesus was going to be coming into town, she determined in her mind that she was going to go out there And if she could just touch him, then she knew that was all that she would need to be cured or to be made whole, as it said. And she was. 
because of her faith. Like she just believed that. Having never met Jesus, she just knew. And then finally, we have Hannah here. Hannah, who was determined and resolved in her mind to have a child that she could dedicate back to God. And in the end, her persistence paid off because God granted her request. So it's five things that we can learn or look at about persistence. And we're also going to talk about silence because that goes along with that process. So number one, persistence helps us pray in every circumstance. Persistence says that no matter how you feel, whether that's bitter, whether that's resentment, whether you're tired, worn, weary, depressed, that's when you especially need to pray. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 3 says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Our life is one big ball of persistence. Hannah started at a disadvantage, but she didn't let her obstacles stop her. She was being mocked year after year, but instead of pouting about it, she went and she prayed. She asked for what she wanted, and in the end, God honored her request. It's not about what your situation is. It's about how you handle your situation. When you've had enough, pray again. I think a lot of times we are persistent in certain things. We're persistent about the things that we want. We're persistent about that job. We're persistent about that, I don't know, some of us are fashionistas, women. We're persistent about that purse or the shoes that we want. We're persistent about taking a vacation when we need to. We're persistent about doing the things that we want to do. But when it comes to the things of God, it's tough for us. It becomes difficult, and we start complaining about the process. Persistence. Number two, persistence helps us pray boldly and expectantly. Persistence wins God over. He doesn't get annoyed by our asking over and over again. I know some of us would like to, oh, I don't know if God is going to be upset because I'm coming back for this very same thing. No, it doesn't matter, y'all. He is not like man where we get annoyed with our children when they continue to ask us for the same things over and over again. God is not like that. In this passage, it says that Hannah prayed earnestly. And verse 12 says she kept praying. We don't know how long she was in the tabernacle praying, but she was fervent with it. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 7. In verses 7 through 8, it says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks 
receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And he also says in Luke chapter 18, verses 1, that men ought to always pray and not faint. Don't stop praying. Number three, persistence in prayer expresses your faith that God answers prayer. You can't pray out of ceremony or tradition. It has to be about more than that. Because when you do it out of ceremony or tradition, you're just doing it to be doing it. And you know that God knows the inner workings of our person, of our being. So he knows ultimately what is motivating you. Your faith should not dwindle because the answer is slow. In fact, that's part of the process. There are no shortcuts to this. An example of this is Daniel. I won't go into detail because you can look into it on your own, but Daniel will get visions and dreams, all kinds of visions and dreams, and he prayed persistently for answers from God. He wanted God to to make it clear to him what all of that meant. And in Hannah's case, when she left her prayer time with God, it says that her countenance was different. She was no longer sad. And there was a time period where she didn't eat because she was so depressed by not having children and being mocked all day. She finally was able to eat. It was as as if she knew God heard her. But not only that, Hannah knew the God she was praying to. He's the great I am. He's an able God. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, in all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. In all things, in all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Hannah knew who she was talking to. And when you think about it, who goes into prayer and starts making promises to God. And I think maybe sometimes when we get into those desperate situations, we do start to want to bargain with God. But we have to be careful about those promises that we are making, right? And Hannah went in full knowing the, the, what she was about to do. She full knew that the promise that she was making to God, she intended to keep. So if you're going to make a promise to God, make sure that you intend on keeping it. Number four, silence. Silence in prayer allows us to get to know God's voice so we can hear from him and in the process, develop intimacy with him. Some of you constantly ask, How can I know the voice of God? Get quiet before God. This is not something that's going to just happen. 
um, because you have to start sharpening your listening skills, right? We have a bunch of things that are competing for our attention. And so the enemy isn't going to make it easy for you to recognize God. We have so much other things that are louder than God's Holy Spirit. But I don't want you to be afraid of the silence. Get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Ultimately, God desires a relationship with you. The Bible says in Luke chapter 12, verse 21, that a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Can I give you an example about what this might look like? So when I was in college, my sophomore year, I participated in a community choir. And I went to Grand Valley, if anybody is. Okay, well, anyway. Um, and so we had a, um, a person that was like the chaplain over the choir. And she talked to us one day about her weekend. She, she came to us and she said, I was so excited to share with you because I had such a wonderful time with the Lord. And she proceeded to explain to us what she did. She spent the entire day with God. And when it came down to her evening for dinner, she cooked for two. She set the table for two. And she sat down and she had dinner and had conversation with God. When I heard that, I said, is that what God wants from me? He wants to spend time one-on-one -on -one with me. How can you do something like that? That's uncomfortable. That's awkward. But I was amazed by her story because it makes sense that God would want to have that sort of, that kind of time. You're putting in that type of dedication to God. That means you really are seeking him. You're really seeking to be in his presence. That's uncomfortable because we have to, you know, see somebody physically. But in her case, he was there. He didn't have to be physically present. That's what God wants from us, y'all. It's not just to come to him on a daily basis, oh, Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this day, and, and then you're quickly gone. God's like, hold on, let's talk. So in your silence with him, that is the moment for you to conduct that conversation and let God speak to you. Let him talk back. And you don't always have to go in with request. Can't you just talk to God? Well, God, let me tell you about my day. He longs for that type of intimacy with you. If you didn't know that, let me tell you now. That's what he wants from you. He wants to spend time with you. I know it's a cliche to say he's not a Santa Claus. God wants to give you the, the desires of your heart, but he also wants to be with you. All right, so the silence. 
Do not be afraid of the silence and don't stop praying. Let me also make another point here about silence. It says in this passage that Hannah prayed in her heart. I want you to know that your heart is your secret prayer room. So what that means is you don't have to be in a certain place or spot to pray to him. You can pray wherever you go. Whenever you have the time and space, you can pray. This was so untraditional that it says when Hannah was praying, um, the high priest Eli was sitting there watching her, and he was caught off guard because her lips was moving, but nothing was coming. He didn't hear anything. And it says that he thought she was drunk. That's because she was doing a new thing. Some things don't need to be heard by everyone. So in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says to devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. In five, silence does not mean that he is not listening. But sometimes you have to wait. In Psalm 119, verses 81 and 82, I thought that this was so, um, so much like it resonated with me. In this, the psalmist says, I am worn out waiting for your rescue, but I have put my hope in your word. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? I felt, man, I could relate so much to that. When you're waiting on God, it's difficult because we want things to happen now. But God doesn't work like that, does he? The author in the psalm says he's continuing to put his hope in the word of God. When we start to become weary and waiting, we have to go back to his word. In Hannah's case, we're not given any timeline for how long she had been without child. Even after her prayer to God, we still don't know how long it took for her to become pregnant. What we do know is that after she prayed her prayer, she left from it with a newfound hope and trust that God heard her, and she was no longer sorrowful. When we think he is not listening to us, we sometimes go into our prayer half-hearted, half-hearted at best. Um, It's difficult because our minds naturally want to go to the negative when we don't get an answer right away. We have to subject our minds to the positive. We have to bombard our minds with the promises of God. He sees you, he always listens, and he will never leave or forsake you. Those are some of the promises. And so you have to learn how to turn the scripture into a prayer and pray that towards God. The delay could be God's way of working out his will in your life. He will always answer you, maybe just not in the way that you expect, but in the way that he knows is best. And also, once again, God knows the inner person. So check what you're asking him for, too. Don't stop praying.
So prayer isn't a secret formula to get things from God. Rather, prayer is the secret to experiencing real intimacy with God. But in order to earnestly get into God's presence, it takes persistence because the enemy is running around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. And he'll try to use every distraction possible to keep you from seeking God. Don't stop praying and don't give up on God because he sure won't give up on you. Persistence shows that you are putting God in the driver's seat. Persistence keeps your focus on God. Persistence helps you to lean in and to lean on and depend on him. Persistence develops your faith. God honors persistence. Don't stop praying. At this time, we have a prayer prompt. And as it appears on the screen, I want you to use this time to read it for yourself and let it guide you in this prayer time. Thank you.